Okay, so uh, we've taken this podcast in so many different directions and spoken to so many different people that are, you know, uh, integrated into this boutique Blu-ray world. Uh, can't believe that ZSU actually said yes to this discussion. Z, I'm so happy to be speaking with you tonight. Hi, well, thank you. Yeah, I, I love doing podcasts, so I'm, I'm very happy to hop on here. Yeah, good. Well, and, and for those that don't know uh, you by name yet, Z is a uh, illustrator and a poster designer and, a, and an artist who's been working in the entertainment industry, I guess, at large. Um, specifically, I know you have some projects that recently got you quite a bit of acclaim with Marvel and Sega and some, some really cool projects. Um, my geeky self <laughs> is very excited. I, when I found out you did the Ron Steele book, uh, no, not saying that just because you're here. That was my favorite package design probably in the last like three years. Oh, oh my gosh. Was it? Thank you. Beautiful steelbook. Uh, and then recently, I guess in the boutique world, you have this relationship with Era 4444. You've been doing some really interesting work with them and their first two releases, right? Yeah, yeah. I um right. So I did uh, I I love like what what they've been doing as of late because we we had actually known each other um or we were all like Micah graduates because we graduated from the same college. Um, but they had hit me up for like some uh, when they were like first starting out in like the boutique world and they were like, Hey, like are you interested in doing Blu-rays and you know, uh, package designs? I was like, Yes, please. Uh -huh. So um, but I, I love their just like selection of movies because I, I had never really heard of like the movies that they were doing, but I, I got to watch them, you know, as I was, you know, illustrating the um, the designs and they were, they were awesome. Like I didn't know I would like, you know, Anatomia Extinction that much or like Funky Forest and all right. of that. But yeah, it's just like really crazy, like you know, 70s, 80s, like, you know, early 2000s, like Japanese horror stuff. And yeah, yeah. Well, I, I want to take a deep dive into all that because I'm fascinated by your process. But before we do, I'm curious. So I was reading your bio. You were born in the Hainan, uh, island of Hainan, right? Mm -hmm. And then yeah. moved to the U.S. And then went to college in Maryland and then also in Iceland. Is that right? So uh, I went to college in Maryland and I graduated um, at, uh, from MICA. It's a Maryland Institute College of Art. Um, I did like an Iceland like artist residency uh, for, but it was for like two weeks, <laughs> oh, okay. uh, but that was like right after, um, graduation. It was, it was with, um, uh, I don't know if you know of light gray art lab, but they're like, um, they're kind of like an art gallery, uh, based in Minnesota, but they, they do a lot of these like artist residencies and okay. yeah, programs like that. And okay. So that's, that's super interesting. And so that was, you had two weeks that you were living in, I guess, Reykjavik, I'm assuming or somewhere. Yeah, it was, well, we, we went around, um, we went around uh, southern Iceland for those two weeks. So, but it was actually uh, like we did explore like Reykjavik a little bit. But it was um, see, I, I wish I remembered these names. Like Icelandic names yeah. are so hard. But it was uh, it was basically we had like rented out this um, uh, like this house in like the middle of nowhere in Iceland. Um, oh, cool. But yeah, no, it was a lot of just like scenic, you know, exploring nature and that kind of stuff. It was it was really good. Good for graphics design schools and horror films. <laughs> oh yeah, like, completely unrelated state things, but yeah, like inspiration-wise, though. It's That's great. cool. That's beautiful. Okay, great. And so you uh, and and what from what I understand, there's a really good interview you did. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm not great with the names of the podcast, but it's the one. It's a German guy, and uh, it was all about video games. Do you remember the name of that podcast by chance? 
Oh yeah. Was that Dorian's podcast? It yeah. was, um, was it like you, me and the industry? Thank you. That's the one. Yeah. And okay. Cool. There's like two German people I've done podcasts with. The other one is Tom, um, Tom <laughs> Luther. Yeah. You, me and the industry. That's the one for anybody who wants to hear it uh, and, and geek out about your video game side. I think that's a really fascinating interview. Um, but one of the things that jumped out to me, I wanted to ask you about is that you went to a like a, essentially like a industrial or kind of architectural design school, right? And at some point, and I might be getting the details slightly wrong, but that at some point you realized you didn't really want to go down that path and you wanted to kind of get more into entertainment and, and do like, you know, different things other than that more. Right. Yeah. So, well, Micah wasn't, um, it, it wasn't industrial design. Well, it had, it had an architecture program. Um, I actually did take some architecture classes there, but it was um, like, it was largely fine arts and also graphic design. Uh, it did have a huge illustration department, but the illustration department in it was very, um, it was like very geared towards like editorial art. So oh, that's what it was. That's what it was. Yeah. Yeah. The editorial industry. Um, it, it Like I felt like, you know, I, I really enjoyed my time there. Um, and I, I think I'm like very privileged and like lucky to even go to an art school, but I think that um, the, like, it was kind of like the artistic direction and, and style it was like pushing a lot of the students to do wasn't, uh, it didn't really align with like the type of art I wanted to do. Um, and I, I was kind of confused because I was always very into like films and like video games. Um, I, I wanted to, which is why I wanted to become like a concept artist for mm -hmm. a large part of my, like when I was a teenager. Um, so I, I really wanted to do like concept art and um, entertainment design for like video games and movies. Uh, but the thing is, I like chose the wrong art school to, uh, this is like why it's so important to like choose the right college to go to if people are going to college at all. Like um, I just like the, the school I went to just did not, it just like didn't focus on that. And so um, it wasn't until I think I was like halfway through that school when I, I got really into movies. Like um, I think it was because I was very burnt out on like what the school was like having me do. Okay. Um, okay. And I, so I needed like a side hobby and I was like, I'm just going to watch like a bunch of movies. And so, so I watched like, I, I was like watching a lot of classic films um, mm -hmm. And uh, I, I didn't really grow up on movies at all, yeah. you know? Um, and so I, there was like a lot of movies that it's like everyone has seen, uh, but I just like never saw them. Um, and so I just like, you know, made a huge list and I just like went down. Um, and then afterwards I was kind of like, yeah, maybe I can do something with like poster designs for like movies or like bands or something like that. Mm -hmm. Because I really liked kind of doing um, I, I think I really find it easy when like other people tell me what to do with something and it's like a it's like a subject matter that I find really interesting myself. Yeah. So uh, yeah, and so I you know for my senior thesis, I, I had discovered that there was kind of like a small you know poster, like alternative movie poster um, like resurgence or there's like a sort of mm -hmm. illustrated movie poster resurgence coming around at the time. Um, and I like, it's such a small world and I, I think I just had like a big enough ego to be like, okay, I think I'm going to do it. Um, but I, I really also just like wanted to do a lot of things with package designs and like, you know, DVD, you know, Blu-ray illustrations yeah. and yeah, that yeah, sort yeah. of work. Uh, so I, I did that for like my senior thesis. Um, and then right afterwards I began to like kind of find work, um, in the industry. 
um yeah like I, I think so much of it is just like luck and you know that yeah. kind of thing I mean what I all I heard in that was that if you want to get into your passion go to Micah and then even if it's the wrong school and then just go do what you want to do because you have good training <laughs> no I'm just kidding um, right <laughs> you know but but you, you touched on something that I wanted to get into so I might as well just jump like right into it because mm. This is what I think is super interesting. I've been collecting DVDs since about 2001, 2002. Um, so I've kind of seen two waves, right? The first wave was um, everybody had a DVD player. Everybody had a collection. So yeah, it wasn't a yeah. matter of like, are you buying DVDs or not? But it's like, what type are you buying? More mm -hmm. like that. And now this new wave, a lot of people are saying physical media is dead. And that's true yeah. in the mm -hmm. sense of like, not everybody has a player. But now we're seeing this like amazing wave right now of some films that maybe not even had DVD releases, but are getting like beautiful Blu-ray releases and restorations and now 4K. Uh, and the collector market is really strong. And um, the thing that I think is fascinating is graphic art and the way the package looks is so much yeah. of the discussion, right? Oh, totally. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think it's... Um... It's it's definitely like I've I've seen a lot of people have told me they didn't realize this is like a like an avenue of art they can pursue. Yeah. Um, but I I remember uh, I think it was like my sophomore year of college. Um, the thing that introduced me to like the whole DVD you know uh, package design like world was that I had an illustration teacher who he like assigned everyone. I, I think he was also really into movies, but he assigned everyone a movie to do like a mock. I think it was like a mock DVD, um, just like package design for, and it was like, we were just supposed to illustrate like the front and back cover for it. Okay. Um, and I got like really into it and I had no, <laughs> didn't know why, uh, but he, I think like the movie I got was like Vertigo, nice. uh, like Hitchcock, Hitchcock's Vertigo. Um, and I just like went all out on it. And I just like, I ordered like blank DVDs on eBay and I got I worked at the post office at the time and they like printed out, I could print out um, DVD labels uh, in there. Um, and so that's what I did. Like I designed like the DVD covers for it and also like the, the image on the disc and I put it in. And I like went, <laughs> basically spent a lot of hours on it that I didn't need to. Um, but I remember like everyone really liked it. And I, I also really just like loved it. And so I, I think that that's kind of what introduced me to it. Like, and afterwards I was like, yeah, I'd really like to do more of this in the future. Um, because it's like, it, it's such a really interesting, like, um, just like avenue, you know, it's like, not only do I have to think about like the front and back covers, but it's also like, I, sometimes I get to design like disc and, you know, illustrate stuff like that or like, or like the booklets inside. I think that's just very cool. Yeah. It's so many different parts of the brain that are kind of being activated at a time, right? Because you're like, you really need to understand what it's about and kind of have that empathy, I think. Uh, to yeah. To what the movie's about. Yeah, yeah. And I, I haven't even done like too much of it. Like I've done a few uh, DVD stuff afterwards, but I, I think like the, the best jobs or like the jobs that are the most fun is when you kind of have to use your knowledge of the movie to like create something cool. Mm -hmm. Uh, from the whole, you know, package. Um, and I've seen a lot of like really great designs come from like illustrators and, you know, poster, like movie artists and yeah. yeah. Well, that, so just because even though it's not boutique, it, it's just 
literally one of my favorite pieces of art in the last like few years. So can you walk me through what that was for Ron? Because, and, and I'll just say this really quickly, then I want to hear, I don't want to like lead you in any direction, but the thing that I love about that cover so much is that that specific image, I don't know for sure if it's in the movie, but it like somehow perfectly captures the energy of the movie. Oh, um, thank you. Yeah. And like, I just remember as soon as I picked it up, I was like, that person nailed it. <laughs> it's like, oh my gosh, thank you. <laughs> yeah. So can you walk through, like, do you, are you, you know, were you a fan of the movie? Like, how did you get in touch with them? Like, can, can you yeah. walk through the background of that at all? Yeah, that was really like a dream job for me. Um, so I had, um, well, it's, oh man, I feel like with getting in touch with like potential clients and stuff, it's just like a lot of luck and also just kind of being there at the right time, okay. right place. But, you know, I'm, I'm a part of, um, I'm represented by like an agent, um, like an agency right now called Poster Posse. Uh, a lot of the artists in it had already worked with uh, Lionsgate Entertainment and they were, I think that Lionsgate were, was searching for like um, a new artist to work with uh, for their Ron, new Ron release um, from Akira Kurosawa. And I think, I think a few people had recommended me, which is why they got in contact with me. Um, at first they sent me, <laughs> it was so funny, the art director sent me a message on Instagram and I never checked my Instagram. And so um, I saw the message like, like really late. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'd love to work with you. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, and we, we, they were like super, super great people to work with. Um, they're very like relaxed for clients. Cause I, I've worked with a lot of people who kind of like, like every step of the way they have to have it their way. But no, with like the, the folks at Lionsgate, they're like very okay with whatever I wanted to do. Um, wow. But with that cover, they were like, yeah, you know, we, uh, they actually already had the it was like the image for the cover ready like or they had like an idea of what they wanted to do for the cover with like the face of the um okay. uh the main character yeah the 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 king the old man in it yeah. um and they were kind of like yeah we just want you to draw this basically like just paint this um maybe like you know do something with the back and like the discs and stuff inside um and it just they just wanted it to look um like more illustrative than just like a photo um, because I think it was like they were planning to release it with Best Buy and um, Best Buy like rarely releases uh, classic movies you know like movies like Ron or you mm -hmm. know movies like that and so uh, this was kind of like rare for Best Buy to do that but they were like yeah you know we should do something more like artistic for this and so um, that's that's how I basically like work with them. Amazing. Yeah, well, you nailed it. Um, and then, then all of a sudden, I guess, going to the way that I kind of found out about you specifically, was in talking to Logan and um, Sam from Era 4444. After I spoke with them, I just casually said, just by the way, I love your, your cover designs. Like, who are y'all doing those? Like, who's doing that? And then they brought you up. So you said that y'all went to school together. Um, kind of at what point did they contact you? Or how did that relationship get started? Yeah, we, we had all went to Micah. Um, I think they were like a few, they're like a, a year or so younger than me. Um, so, but we had never like actually met each other or talked to each other at Micah. It was just that they knew that I did a lot of like cover art and poster art. And so they actually reached out to me when they were first starting the boutique company up. Mm -hmm. um, I, I think it's probably through some like other Micah connections. Like uh, we definitely know a lot of like the same people. Sure. 
Yeah. Uh, and then, and so they, once you agreed to do it, they sent you the copy of the movie essentially and just kind of had you watch it and, and start to build out what you thought those images should be. Was it something like that? Uh, yeah. Yeah. I like the first one we did was um, Anatomia Extinction. Mm -hmm. um, and so I, I had never actually, like I hadn't seen any of these movies, but yeah, like Anatomia was previously, I think it was like a Japanese only release because it was like a very, it's like uh, that one of that director's like first, um, right, like first movies really. And so, uh, but I, I watched it, I was like, this is really cool. <laughs> like, I love this. And it's not even an hour, right? Or it's just at an hour? It's it's really short, yeah. yeah. Um, anyways, I no, just, just mean in terms of like distribution, I'm sure it was just in Japan. Uh, it was probably difficult to get uh, to get too much distribution outside of Japan for that. But um, okay, and so then uh, it's like you know, so you you come back essentially with like a sketch, and you say, "I think this is kind of how I want to represent it," and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I love it!" And then you go all <laughs> that more formally, like is yeah, that that's yeah, like that's how I do most of my client stuff. You know, just like show them some concepts and you know, go, go on from there. Um, you know, usually I, I send like usually a few work in progress shots, um, before the final, uh, but yeah, like, I, I think that some clients, like they were really great to work with. Um, I think that some clients, uh, I, I think it really depends because some, sometimes people will want like more, uh, me to show like every step of the process and other times I'm, I'm just like, okay, sketch. And then, you know, final, you know? Yeah. Um, well, I'm glad to hear they're easy to work with. I could have to get on them if not. But um, <laughs> so between one of the things that jumped out to me that I'm just interested in. So in Anatomia and Funky Forest and Warped Forest, those are the three that you've done with them so far, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. In all those three, the images that were used on the cover um, all were from these like very visually distinct moments in the movie. So as you're going through it, whether it's like a character or, you know, sometimes with the, with the, the, the brown box and the, on the forest release, it was a series of images, um, but it was all these very like visually distinct images from the film. So is that, do you, is that conscious on your part or as you're watching, are those just the things that you remember? Um, yeah, like, what's the process right. Like? With the, the Anatomia one, that was like the scene um, I think that, that when I saw that scene, um, it was like this one shot, I thought it would make a really good cover for it. You know, okay. I thought that the colors and like expression was very, you know, like on point for the movie. Um, nice. For Funky Forest, actually, they, uh, I think it was like Logan who like told me that that's like the kind of cover he wanted. He was like, um, like for the box cover of like Funky and Warped, he was like, I want um, he had like an idea where it would be like a bunch of the monsters from the movie. Um, and I, I'm also like really chill with these kinds of things because I'm, I'm kind of like, okay, yeah, if like that the client wants that, then like, you know, I should, um, I should just like go for it. Uh, like I, I am not the type of artist to like fight, like constantly fight with someone on like what something should be. Okay. Um, so I was like, okay. <laughs> like, um, but yeah, like usually with um, all of like the movies that I do art for, it's like one scene or like one pose or something that I like that really speaks to me. Um, and that I feel like visually it it's like, you can tell the, the whole story of the movie with that. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. It definitely does. What... This might be a bit of a weird question, so if I need to like, try to explain it, 
just feel free to push back. But like, what are the internal kind of muscles that you need to develop to be able to get fast at that? Right. Because like, I'm imagining as like a 12 year old, you probably couldn't have the same like skill at just like identifying those key moments now and being able to yeah. like, oh, that's a cover, right? Like, do you know how that, like what muscles? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's like a really interesting question. I think, um, let me think, like, I feel like anyone could get really good at that. I, I think it's just a, like watching a lot of movies probably. Yeah. Um, but it also might be just like, because I remember ever since I was like young, I've, I've always like made like mock book covers and like video game covers and that kind of thing. Um, so I feel like that's always just kind of spoken to me. Um, but I, I think it's also just like when you watch like a movie you really like, there's probably a few scenes that, you know, like think about like your favorite scenes from it. Mm -hmm. um, and like why you like that scene. Uh, I think that that really helps me like identify like what kind of things I, you know, I want to draw from these movies itself. That's, that's super interesting. Yeah. Do you, so, and also probably a combination of seeing movies and maybe also just seeing covers, maybe, I mean, I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I really did like look at a lot of the, um, a lot of great like poster artists and like artists who are already working in this scene, which is like actually not that many. I think it's it's a, such a tiny like industry actually. Oh really? Um, but I, yeah, yeah. Like I, I think that I, I researched a lot on it and like had a list of like artists that I really liked. And like, you know, I, um, I remember like trying to, I, I don't do it too much nowadays but like um when I first got really into this kind of thing I would kind of like do a lot of focus and like deep uh analyzation on like mm -hmm. how like why I like their covers so much um yeah. but I I think that they kind of do the same thing you know they they look for a scene that's kind of like emblematic of the whole you know it depicts the whole movie and it tells it with just like one simple thing um and so I, I think that's probably like also inspired me. Yeah, I've, that's interesting. I'm just thinking about like, have you, have you ever seen the Fellini movie, Eight and a Half? Yeah, 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 I did a poster for it. Okay, I was gonna ask about that because I, I saw that, yeah, I was hoping you had seen it. I don't know sometimes if you were just like having fun, but I saw that on your list. So um, this is where I think I'm not meant to be an artist because that scene for me, is do you remember near the end of the movie where he's under the table and he's hiding because he doesn't he doesn't know like yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He, he's like trying to run away from the fact that he's not finished and there's so many voices that are like coming down on him and he's just overwhelmed and he just crawls under the table and like he kind of has like a it's before he comes back and then just like becomes Fellini or in this case you know Mastriani or whatever but like uh that that that's the scene but it's not like a cinematic scene at all like it's not a right oh yeah that's like another interesting thing like with that with those posters um those like classic movie posters I did they were all for my uh, senior thesis ah, okay. like I really want to do more classic film posters it's just like so like most of the time I get hit up for like a modern movie that's like just about to come out which is fine but <laughs> I think there's something to like black and white movies or like old movies or old foreign movies especially they're like so I'm just like 
I, I love them so much. Um, and I, I just like try to have a lot of fun with those. Um, I think another thing, uh, it's interesting you, you mentioned that, like something I also try to do um, with all of my stuff, like I, I don't want to, because like a lot of, um, I think a lot of people when they get in the poster scene, they're like, okay, I'm going to make posters of like, and it's going to be big heads of the actors, you know, like, um, okay. it's like the stars of the show, or like the film are on the on the poster itself. Mm -hmm. And they're, it's like all the Marvel posters you see, you know, everyone, right. you know, Captain America's up front, you know, everyone's up front, and it's just like a bust and a head. I think that's fine because it's just like it sells the movie, you know, like the stars sell the show and, you know, that's kind of the point. Um, but it's like so I, I would I would die like if that's all like I did. And so I try to make them have like a pose or like sometimes I do have to do that sort of thing where it's just like an exact copy of like something from the film. But I, I also try to definitely like bring something new to it, like. Um, with those like classic movie posters I like I want them to have their own like poses on the poster you know like I sometimes like I I don't want to like copy too much from the movie or or if I do copy from the movie I want to like change a lot of elements of it if that makes sense yeah no totally yeah. And, and I don't think anybody from Criterion listens to this but if anyone from Criterion is listening check out Z's uh, persona poster because that's one of my favorite ones uh oh, the yeah the movie i think it captures a lot of what you're saying yeah yeah like um just like thinking about like the the meaning of like or, or whatever message like the movie is trying to the movie uh, tells and like you know and putting that in something that's like different than a it's like not just the head of the actor but it's like you know it's something more right so I guess speaking of, of that, so help me understand a little bit, like do you, what are the movies you, you would like to do? Like if you, if you had all the time and money in the world, like what are the movies that you would wanna be doing? Is it classic films? Is it like, you know, classic films from a particular country? Is it horror movies? Like what, where do you wanna focus? Yeah, I, I think definitely more um, classic movies. Um, I did like, I, I did a, cause I, I think that's just when I produced my best work, okay. honestly. Like, uh, I think it's, um, I really like film in black and white. Um, I think it's because like with black and white, you can do so much with just like those two colors and, you know, so much with like lighting to just oh, like yeah. tell a really dramatic, like effective story. Um, I think like the favorite, some of my favorite pieces I've done are like, is like the Ron, um, the package for that. And also the, um, like I, I did one, I did a release for Passion of Joan of Arc with uh, Black Dragon Press. Um, I, I just like really like doing old movies that's, and where like so much of it is about like the, like heightened drama, you know, so. Yeah, I, I would love to do more stuff for, I would love to do something for Criterion, um, for sure. Well, then I hope somebody is listening from them. Do you just, I, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but have you ever seen a movie called The Night of the Hunter? Yeah, yeah, I, I actually watched that um, last year, I think. Okay. The first time. Whenever someone talks about like what you can do with black and white lighting and cinematography and stuff, I always think about that. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a great movie. 
blew me away. I mean, the story itself is is told well, but I just there's that one scene in particular where the children are trying to run out of the basement and the, the oh yeah 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 and he's like the dude thing. is like coming up and but it's like his shadows like kind yeah. of making this yeah oh that was so great yeah oh my god um, and Orson Welles obviously does a lot with black and white so yeah I mean and I'm a big fan of uh, a lot of the stuff we're talking about as well so I think I, I know what you mean. Uh, it's very beautiful. Do you think that there is something lost in the transition to color um, or, uh, or, you know, is there something that's more sacred about black and white in terms of capturing what you're talking about? Um, I, I mean, there's like all my favorite movies are, um, all my favorite movies are in color. Uh, I, I just think personally, like artistically, I'm more drawn to black and white because it's so simple. Mm. Um, like, I think that like I, I, if I could, all of my portfolio would be in black and white. Um, like most of my clients, they do ask for color for things because that's like kind of what pops and like what sells and what draws people's attentions a lot better. Uh-huh. Um, but with black and white, it's like, uh, I think if you can make a piece look good in black and white, it'll look really good in color as well. Um, mm. Because with black, it's just like the, it's like the most simple of things you know when you start when you start learning how to draw or paint or when you start learning how to draw you know you're gonna put a pencil on a piece of paper you're basically drawing in like black and white and it's like I think the medium itself um with black and white things it's it's all about contrast and like composition and how well you can like kind of play that and you know use that um in accordance with each other. Uh, and so, which is why whenever I find like an artist who like, that's all they do, like they just do black and white art. And, um, yeah, like I, that's like usually my favorite kind of art. Well, it's interesting. Like if you look at like Wong Kar Wai, his black and white movies are stunning. Although yeah. he uses color extremely well, Christopher Doyle, I guess, but they, whatever that relationship is, they, they use color very well. Um, Someone like Fellini, I think, may have struggled a little bit in his transition to color and then figured it out and all of a sudden started like popping and like the colors were like vibrant and like. Yeah, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah um, I had actually seen, because um, you guys had had a, like in a thing on La Note, right? With, um, by Antonioni. Yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Like I love all of his movies, um, but he does like, you know, great. So like his black and white, films are like so beautiful and I think that's the other thing too it's like so elegant you know um yeah movies that kind of like effectively utilize that really well so um yeah no I totally agree I so I, I kind of want to go back just for a minute not not to have too abrupt of a transition but I kind of want to go back to a point from earlier because I'm curious about this this is one of the things I was most excited about when you agreed to come on do you do you understand, like, are you active on the boutique Blu-ray forums and like the, the way, you know, the, the places where I spend all my time geeking out about like this new release coming out, this new release coming out? So I, I know of those forums because okay. I've actually had people email me saying like they found my art through those forums, but I oh, like, cool. I would never, <laughs> I don't step foot on those forums because I, I found that um, very often I, it was actually when I did the Ron Steele book the art directors emailed me um and they were kind of like 
see people are talking about this on the forums and it, it was all positive but like I was also like oh please don't tell that to me like <laughs> so I'm like I don't want to hear it I don't want to see anything about it uh but I I know of those forums yeah but and the main reason I'm asking is are you aware of how much art dictates sales in 2022 in the boutique blu-ray market ah uh, I haven't like, thought of it that much actually like I'm I'm willing to say that it's like the number one or two reason that people buy stuff right now the collector's market right, buys stuff right now yeah like it's certainly not number three you know you might say director or particular label that people just trust or whatever you know like there's different things that maybe could be one but i mean the stuff that pops out like severance had a couple of really beautiful box sets that they've put oh, out yeah right and that's what people are talking about right i think it, it just like sucks like draws people in sucks people in and and they spend yeah totally i it, you know it's kind of like it's like collecting vinyls you know it, it's like you know yeah we we are moving in a more you know digital space like now everyone has like netflix and hbo max and we can watch like any movies but there there is something but because of that because like now everything's more digital like i think that makes collecting like the physical thing like like a really great um like really cool hobby for like a lot of people because it it, it just like makes the physical aspect of it more sacred you know and, um, and it's just something beautiful to to present. Like I think a lot of times the the stuff that really stands out, people like to show on their shelves and just have that as like um, they're proud of it. You know, like hey, look at this beautiful thing that I have. Yeah, yeah. Um, oh but I hope I the main reason I bring it up is I want to make sure you know how impactful the work you're doing is on people buying this stuff. Uh, maybe. Oh, thank, thank you. Um, yeah, it's real though. Like it's amazing to think how much people are impact. It's like that. It's almost like because I, I I have I mean when I'm not doing this I'm in sales for for an uh, IT company, and we talk about this idea that when you're walking into a room you have like 30 seconds to get a deal, and obviously yeah, that's extreme yeah. right. But it's that first impression is really meaningful. Yeah, yeah, totally. Like I do um, conventions sometimes, and it's it's like kind of the same thing. You know, it's just like the art that like the, the first impression, even just like when you meet an artist in person for the first time, like I, I think about that a lot actually. It's just like how, kind of like how you come off to people and also like your work has to make like a statement, you know, it has yeah. to impress them upon like the first, you know, when their eye goes to it, you know, they have to be drawn to it. Yeah, exactly. Well, I guess speaking of that, no one has bigger fans than Lucas or, uh so i'm just curious how was the ha, i would say i'm probably like one of the more chill i, I enjoy the the star wars universe um but i wouldn't necessarily live or die by it like it's fun they're fun movies uh but i know there are fans that will live and die by those so how was the reception to the work you did with them are you were you attacked or are you are you reporting safe Oh yeah, no, I, I am reporting say from yeah the the Lucasfilm um Star Wars thing that was um uh, that was really cool yeah they they were also like such a great team of art directors and like yeah. um, animators and uh, people to work with uh yeah I did like the mural for Star Wars Day um, on Disney Plus 2021 um and it was uh, so like they gave me a warning before it was posted and they were like with all the artists who worked on that campaign, they were just like, 
just so, to let you guys know, Star Wars fans are absolutely crazy. And like, they will, you know, you are, pro no matter how good your work is, your work is, they will probably like, there, there will be haters and there, uh -huh. there, but there will also be like a lot of lovers and just uh -huh. like, do not. And they were like, do not re respond to the hateful comments. They're just like, this is bad. Like, <laughs> just ignore them and yeah. like move on. Um, and I was like, all right, cool. Uh, and then it, it was really funny because like I, I ended up having to turn off notifications because like I I realized whenever I post like a piece of art that makes the rounds and like there's a lot of people retweeting it and commenting and quote retweeting. Um, yeah, like every so often I do get someone who's like a super huge asshole about it or like with the Star Wars thing, it, it was getting, it was got like a million or so likes or something on Instagram and so there was a lot of comments and I got like a lot of DMs and just like a lot of people coming to me on Twitter and Instagram um a lot <laughs> some of them were like really weird <laughs> some yeah. of them were like insinuating I was like putting in hidden messages like because I, I think I like I drew Ray and like Kylo Ren circling each other and someone like DM me and they were just like did Lucasfilm tell you to like put put these two characters together because like you know are they trying to make like Ray and Kylo Ren like canon uh, is it like a canon ship and I was like what are you talking about <laughs> so crazy um but yeah no I there was like a lot of really lovely people uh a lot of people were you know assholes but like uh I think that's just kind of the nature of like doing anything for Star Wars um, because like, I've also, I know a bunch of artists who work for Star Wars stuff and they've also like got the, those kinds of comments that were like super, it was just from like hypercritical fans who think that like their way is like, it's like their way or the highway. Um, but I, I just, you know, I ignore them. Um, they, I'm, I'm like, well, who are they to me? <laughs> like, no, exactly. you know, so that you have to do that. I always wonder, like, you hear about people like, just, I don't know, Andy Warhol, for example, who was like, kind of, who made some more of like, populist art, you know, later in his career. Like, I just can't imagine what it would be like with Twitter, or with Instagram, or with all of a sudden, like, you know, like, you, he didn't have that same interaction with, uh, with the fans, you know, I mean, they saw him at the galleries and stuff, but nothing like Twitter brings. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, I think it's also, you know, people, Cause, cause sometimes I watch a show or I watch a movie and I don't like it. And, you know, then I like, I'll never like outright post like, oh my God, I hate this so much. Like, oh, like everyone who worked on it should die. And like, uh -huh. I would never yeah. do that, obviously. Like, but sometimes I will like tweet out like, oh, I'm kind of disappointed with the ending of blah, blah, blah. Uh -huh. um, so I, I think it's like, you know, everyone has their own um, opinions on like, these things uh and I think that's fine uh but it's also why that it's also why I don't look on these blu-ray forums and it's also why when whenever I post something that does make the rounds I just turn off like I I turn off notifications for me um because I'm like okay everyone can have their own opinions about it but like I'm I'm out of it like leave me out of it because I'm I'm just trying to live my life you know yeah yeah, yeah. No, no. And yeah. most importantly, it's, you know, this is that not to sound, not to simplify it, but like at the end of the day, if the person who hired you to make the art is happy, then that's what matters because they'll hire you again. Right. Like, right. Yeah. If they're happy, I'm like, okay, cool. Everyone yeah. got paid. And yeah, that's great.
Well, um, we're, we're getting close to that, you know, about 30, 40 minute time. One of the things, I don't know if, if you're going to, this was just an idea that I had and let's see if there's any meat to this for discussion purposes. Cause I grew up, so I, I did not grow up in the U S I grew up in Asia and in London. And are you okay. familiar with this term, the third culture kid? Have you ever heard that term before? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you have any, uh, like, have you ever thought about that in terms of yourself? Do you, do you have any, like, feeling of, of being that, like, a third culture kid? Uh, well, actually, where in Asia did you grow up? Uh, Indonesia. Oh, oh, cool. Yeah. Um, I mean, I, because I was born in China, but I moved here when I was five. Oh, so okay. I, like, largely grew up here. Uh, okay. So I, like... I, yeah, I, I definitely, I am familiar with the term, but I like feel I'm very American, you know? Okay. Um, yeah. So it wasn't like kind of two identities. It's mostly an American identity. Right. Like I, I still, you know, I like, I still, I feel like I was trying very hard to be like American when I was younger. Um, but then the older I get, the more that I kind of want to go back to, to my Chinese roots, um, okay. especially because like I like I understand the language because my parents always speak it to me, uh, but like I've always replied in English. So I yeah, I can yeah. like understand what they're saying, but I'm like terrible at like speaking and writing. Huh. Um, so yeah, I, I think like with film, that's kind of, that's a way I've actually been trying to reconnect with my culture, with film, especially. Um, yeah. Like I, I recently got really into like, uh, Hong Kong cinema and you know I, it's just like really great you know but you read my mind that's exactly where I was kind of going with the questions too because I'm curious have you ever thought at all about how the just the practice of like kind of expanding the mind and expanding the the ability to kind of hold two identities has has does that have any impact on your creativity or your ability you know does that impact your art at all yeah oh yeah I think it I think it does like I do like I, yeah, like I was, as I was saying before, like, I do think the older I get, the more I'm into, or like the more I want to try to bring back some of the, like, reconnect or, you know, yeah. just be more in touch with like the, the Asian part of me instead of just like the American part of me. Like, I, I really like a lot of European black and white movies, um, but I've started doing just like a lot more movies that are or by, by uh, Asian directors, um, especially over the past few years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I feel like it's, it's almost like kind of cathartic in a way, like, uh, because I think one of the things growing up was like, especially cause like, you know, Asians were like barely represented in like American media for like the sure. longest time. And when, whenever we were, it was always like a stereotype version. Um, And so I, like, it wasn't until I discovered, like, more Asian cinema and began watching more of those that I was like, oh, wow, like, I had this moment where I was like, oh, like, these people look like me, you know, that's so, like, that's so strange, you know, (laughs) because I had grown up watching, like, like, almost white people, like, always white people in movies, and so just, like, seeing seeing movies where it's like people who look like you that's like the norm is like it was like kind of really jarring at first but um but now I'm I'm like oh give me give me all of this you know (laughs) that speaking I I was just I was just trying to find and make sure I got the name right speaking of that have you seen any films from the director Jia Zhangki Zhangki uh like J-I-A Jia and then Zhangki Z-H-A-N-G 
Um, uh, I'll send you. Anyways, it, that he has done something that I think is kind of tying this conversation together for me. So you talk about the simplicity of black and white. Mm-hmm. His films have a very simple aesthetic. Like I think m- relatively low budget films, at least some of them. Um, but he's able to, I think he, even with that, I think he uses uh, the simplicity to his advantage, uh, both visually as well as sort of in the way that he tells stories. They're very simple stories, but uh, they capture sort of like these moments in time when as uh, different parts of where he grew up and just different parts of Chinese uh, life. But anyways, I, um, if you haven't seen anything, I'll send you his name uh, and you may, just based on the way this conversation is going, that may be somebody you really like. Yeah. Oh, wait, actually, how do you spell his name again? So J-I-A. Uh-huh. And then last name or anyways, uh, you know, the family name, I think is Z-H-A-N-G-K-E. Oh, um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of his movies. I actually don't think I've seen anything from him, though. Yeah. There's some of, I think I have at least one, if not two of his in my top 20 um but um yeah they're just uh, the, i it comes he comes to mind for me in the way that we've been talking just some of the themes that have come up in the discussion here with you today as far as like the way that art can be beautiful even when it's simple um and then yeah as you talk about getting into your heritage i guess the two kind of connected for me yeah it, it it's also um uh related to that like because a, a large part of my um inspiration for like how i draw is like chinese ink art Okay. Um, or just like traditional like brush brush art like Asian brush art um, like I really I, I love like Japanese Zen paintings and you know like traditional Chinese paintings of like mountains and horses like it, it's just yeah. so simple you know all it's like sometimes it's just like one strong brushstroke and like a few mini brushstrokes and it's just like the way that people can capture like everything about like a like a place or like a, a person or like an animal in like one really quick and simple piece like I I love that so much um I, it's so interesting to hear you say that I obviously I believe you of course it's just I'm trying to see if I can share my screen uh, maybe I can't share my screen but your personal art section of your website has four um pictures and there's they're amazing first of all but they're also very layered and interesting. Like I would yeah, say yeah. not like one brushstroke, but it's like, there's a lot going on in them and they're very interesting. Yeah, I would say, so this is actually why I made, right now I made like my homepage on my website, like my, my sketchbook section, because wow. that's like kind of how I like think of art, okay. or that's like the way I instinctually, instinctively draw. Okay. Um, with that like personal art section, I think it's because, you know, I it might be a problem actually for me. Like I, I run into this thing where I just love so many ways of like drawing and painting. I, I love, like sometimes I'll see like one way of drawing or like I'll see some artists do like a crazy detailed painting. And I'm just like, oh my God, I want to do that for myself. <laughs> so like, sometimes that like comes through and like a lot of my stuff where like some of my stuff is like super simple, uh-huh. like uh. All, like my other stuff like some of it can get really complex yeah um and I think it, it actually it's become a problem uh, sometimes when I like work with clients because like um I don't know if I can I I can I can probably not share I don't think I can share like the full details of this like Lionsgate job that I recently did but 
they were they were basically asking me to do something super quick and super simple because they really liked the brushy things that I the brush strokes and yeah. you know the really quick drawings that I was doing and mm-hmm. but like in my mind I was like just really trying to do something a lot more complex okay. um, and then we kind of it, we, we didn't clash too much but it was just and, but every time I handed them like a new version of the of the piece they were just like no no, no, no. you just like it has to be simple like it just like they they liked the really quick like literally three minute sketch that I did of it like so much better than <laughs> than a lot of the things that I was sending in and so I ended up just having to be like all right I'm just gonna cut down on everything and you know have it like be really simple um, but yeah like sometimes it's like it kind of gets confusing because I I love like so many things and sometimes like a client really likes one facet of what I do. And so that's like what they really want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but then I'll be like, oh, but I really want to do this other thing. But <laughs> yeah. Well, whatever video game these four personal art panel boards come from, I want to play them. Um, oh, thank you. Yeah, they're just- um, <laughs> No, I know personal... they're just- <laughs> Oh, okay, yeah. But I'm just saying that I can see them all as interesting video games. I, they remind, the, my- my, I was really in the video games until I was about 18, uh, maybe, maybe 22, 23. So I stopped playing probably around like 2002, 2003. Um, but I grew up on the Final Fantasy games. Did you ever have Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're always very cinematic. I mean, limited graphics, but they're always very cinematic and they're always very interesting. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm actually, uh, my, my partner's very into um, Final Fantasy XIV right now. Okay. So he's been trying to get me to play it. Um, and I've, I've played a bit and I, like, I like it so far. I'm just like, no, I, I feel like I need to turn off certain areas of my brain in order to like activate that part that like mm-hmm. really likes like Japanese MMORPGs like that. So. Yeah, well, I don't know how it is anymore, but I stopped playing at 10. Yeah. 10 and it always takes about 15 20 hours to like really get into it yeah yeah so I, i've been meaning to check out like the the older final fantasy game because i yeah. i heard they're like a lot better than the remakes um yeah. i mean i'm biased but yeah i think for me it's like sometimes i like i, I recently got like um the, one of the old like Chrono Cross games, which I think yeah. is like very similar. Yeah, um, and like my, you know, my partner who loves Final Fantasy, like he's been trying to get me to play the original uh, Final Fantasy seven. But I, like, I look at the art and I'm just like, and it's just like really simple, you know, their hands are like, just like these large yeah, yeah. cubes, you know, <laughs> um, you know, they're like, and I think that it's, it's like kind of old enough that it kind of takes me out of the experience. You know, I, I think my brain has just been trained so much on like really realistic stuff nowadays that, um, but I, I like still like love and appreciate those like older games for sure. Uh, yeah, no, it's, I, I don't know what it would be like if I started playing them now, but as a 15 year old seeing Final Fantasy seven, you know, it's just like, Oh my God, the graphics are amazing. It's like the best thing ever. Yeah. So, but I don't, I'm sure, yeah, it's not the same now. Um, well, look, um, I asked for 30 to 40 minutes. We're, we're getting close to an hour. Um, uh, this is exactly what I had hoped it would be. It's so nice to get okay. to sit down and, and speak to someone who's behind the scenes. I mean, you are literally like the first, you know, you're the rep, you're the face of, uh, of, of, the, of these movies that you're releasing, right? I mean, that is, 
like it's the first thing people see when they're promoting them like it's you whether or not people know it or not so I was really looking forward to this yeah yeah for sure I you know I loved talking um I I love going on podcasts in general and like talking <laughs> about movies and stuff like that so yeah cool. this was awesome um and where do you you said you don't hang out on instagram much where do people reach you if they want to book you or just want to chat like where you spend most of your time yeah well i i am most of the time i'm like always on twitter but right now i think that twitter is like i literally think that ever since elon musk bought it i think it's like done for you know it's like one step away from shutting down so i actually think i might just like move to Instagram when that okay. happens but basically everywhere on every single like social media site Facebook Twitter Instagram like YouTube TikTok I'm um my handle is uh it's Z-I-Q-Q-I-X okay what whenever I hear QQ I think of boba tea is that does it have another meaning uh what what do you mean like so in uh the way the the very so QQ I think it in Mandarin, it has like a meaning of like chewy or something, right? Doesn't it have like a meaning? Because I remember the very, okay, the reason I'm saying this, the very first boba tea shop that opened up in Dallas back in like 2001 or something was called QQ. And oh, just, okay. for years, yeah. I just didn't think anything of it, but I asked the owner one time, and I guess that's Taiwanese, so maybe it's a different language, but um, she was saying it, it's like a, it's a way of kind of saying chewy essentially. And that's like, you know, for boba. Oh um, yeah. I. I actually, I feel like my Chinese isn't good enough to know, but whenever I actually, um, QQ was also, it's also the name of like a really popular uh, Chinese social media site. Uh, Oh, Yeah, like QQ.com or something like that. But yeah, but that's like what I always think of. Nice. Okay. Um, So Z-I-Q-Q-I-X. Yeah. Perfect. Is that that your handle on there? Okay. Well, I hope people find you uh, and I can't wait to hear about future releases. Um, tell me first, if you don't mind, I'll keep it secret, but I can't wait to see what you're coming out with. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh, for sure. Yeah. Thank you. Awesome. Okay. Well uh, yeah. Thanks so much for the time and uh, we'll, we'll be in touch. All right. All right. Awesome chatting. I'll see you. Mm-hmm.